I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Listen, guys, making TV, making movies, it's an expensive business. Who's going to pay for it? Me? No, 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 no. Unless they gave me a walk-on part, then I'd consider it. But in the meantime, I am Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and here are 10 times Star Trek reused props to cut corners. Number 10. Bird sculptures keep on appearing. The bird sculptures are among the most reused props in Star Trek The Next Generation, making their debut appearance in Encounter at Farpoint, which is the audience's first clue that they were going to be a mainstay. They're sitting above a plinth in Q's courtroom, and they would return seven years later in All Good Things. The next time that they were seen, they were in Karras' office in the episode Too Short a Season. This first season episode featured Admiral Mark Jameson, one of Star Trek's many dodgy Starfleet admirals along the way. He takes medicine and allows him to de-age, which is a slightly reworked version of the plot of the counterclock incident from the the animated series. This was a case where it wasn't only props getting reused. The sculptures that are seen again in the fifth season, in the episode Unification Part 2, they are table ornaments on the bar in Quaylor 2. They are that incredibly robust and handy type of accoutrement to any household decoration really, as the set designers must have felt they belonged in any setting, be it Starfleet, Insurrectionists or courtroom. Number 9. Romulan Warbird becomes Maserite Vessels Andrew Probert designed the Dideridix-class Romulan Warbird for Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1 finale, The Neutral Zone. While the ship would go through a couple of revisions, including one version where the wings were positioned vertically rather than horizontally, the final ship is one of the most recognisable vessels in the franchise. The bird-like wingspan that sits above and below the nacelles is almost triangular with rounded corners. Oddly enough, this design turned up in Enterprise's first season episode Fallen Hero. This was not simply a case of reusing a ship wholesale like the Tellarite vessel, as Doug Drexler discussed at one point. He described speaking to Rob Bonshun, who was working in the art department on the show, who answered that it wasn't just reusing the warbird. Dan Curry, who was the head of the art department, pulled the top off an AMT model of the ship and ordered the team to design a new ship from the ground up using that piece. Both men agreed it was a bizarre decision, with the design far too obvious. It would appear again in Enterprise in the third season episode, Damage. Number 8. Wall Panelling this wall panelling has been used many times in Star Trek. It contains US Navy sonoboys, which are used in battle with submarines or occasionally found for sound experiments underwater. They're rectangular in shape, doubling up for many elements of the Star Trek universe. They were built into several wall sections in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, including a piece of Starfleet Academy that Kirk exits near the beginning of the film. They'd be reused again in the next film, becoming the walls of the transporter room that Uhura takes up her new post in. This looks like a complicated mass of piping and hoses, though in actuality it's a relatively simple mould. They pop up in 
again in Star Trek The Next Generation, the episode Too Short a Season pops up again here as they become the walls in the underground system of caverns that the criminal Karis is hiding in. They also go on to appear in The High Ground, A Matter of Honor and Liaisons as well. They effectively became the standard backing panel when sets needed to look alien. Number 7. Klingon Wine Bottles this one was a bit of a silly decision on the part of the props department on Enterprise. In the first season episode Rogue Planet, Archer, T'Pol and Tucker meet three Eska hunters in this world. While together, they break bread and have a drink. One of them pulls out a bottle and, like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Trekkie sat straight up and pointed. The prop is a reuse of the Klingon blood wine bottle from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It was shown prominently in episodes like The Way of the Warrior, when Worf and his family friends share a few bottles as they reminisce. It was also seen more times throughout the show, including that fateful time that Miles O'Brien decided to draw what was bothering a wharf out of him in Image in the Sand. While the contents of said bottles were probably enough to kill lesser men, i.e. a human who isn't an Irishman, the actual container itself is almost as familiar in Deep Space Nine as the sash that the Klingon officer wears. Seeing it appear in Enterprise felt more than a little wrong, with blood wine not being as readily available at the time. Number 6. Planet Hell Planet Hell was the nickname for the standing set that would become every alien world from Star Trek The Next Generation onwards. It served as Galorndon Core, Cardassia Prime, AR-558 and many planets besides, moulding and adapting to become whatever harsh environment the episode called for. Technically, sets aren't props. For this one, however, an exception is being made because the set itself was the prop. It was designed in such a way that the actors would be able to truly experience the discomfort of each planet, as each actor who stepped foot onto this stage hated their experience there. Rarely, in fact, were the unhappy faces on screen faked in these scenes. It was hot, cramped and generally full of smoke, making shooting in there a miserable time. They may have had to climb the walls like LeVar Burton in The Enemy or simply run around them while escaping the Jem'Hadar like Aaron Eisenberg in the Siege of AR-558. They were never used as a locale for the actors to enjoy a bit of downtime, relaxation and chilling out. As props go, those walls in Planet Hell elicited some of the most realistic reactions of any additional environment to the franchise, so props for that. Number 5. Decorative Windows when it comes to stained glass windows, it's generally easier not to continually order new ones for various scenes. Producing them can be a costly and time-consuming endeavour. That's why this particular entry pops up here. In Enterprise's third season episode, Exile, Hoshi stays on a planet in a Beauty and the Beast type situation. The resident alien, Tarkin, attempts to convince Hoshi to stay with him in his beautiful castle, styled in a medieval fashion. Those windows had appeared in Star Trek before. When Picard and Shinzon sit down to dinner in Star Trek Nemesis, they are clearly visible behind the Starfleet captain. The thing with stained glass windows is that they are almost always convey a sense of grandeur to any location, so they truly added to the scene in Romulus. This is heightened when Picard leaves the table to step into the Romulan Senate itself. Both uses of the windows were meant to depict a deeper meaning and presence than there actually had been in the episodes and movies they featured in. In both cases, the windows were a mask for the lies being told by Tarkin and Shinzon. Number 4. Diamond Shelving Star Trek The Next Generation's first season was fiendish for reusing props. There are several entries on this list that feature lamps, desk ornaments and other bits that continue to pop up, which can be forgiven for the studio mining years of production on the movies in the original series to save a bit of cash where possible for the next show. In We'll Always Have Paris, Picard visits the holodeck as he thinks of Dr. Janice Mannheim, an old fling who was brought back into his life. In the beautiful restaurant, which in true Hollywood style faces out onto the Eiffel Tower, there is a rather distinctive diamond-shaped shelving unit behind him and his server. This was was not the unit's first appearance in the franchise. In Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, this exact shelving unit was shown sitting in Admiral Kirk's quarters. He and Bones have their toast alongside its shiny crone exterior, as there is a stand for some of Kirk's more precious collectibles. It's also present for the man's first experience at Romulan Ale, though of course this too would not be unique to that film. 
Number 3. Expensive but broken wheelchairs While this list at this stage could easily now be titled Curios from Too Short a Season, another item from the episode makes an appearance here. Admiral Mark Jameson's state-of-the-art wheelchair was an absolute nightmare during filming, which cost the production team $10,000 and a lot of stress. However, it did save them a few quid when it came to the end of the season. Removing the front panel, they used it for Commander Remick's command chair in Conspiracy. To this day, there was no reason for this room to exist in Starfleet Command, other than the fact that Remick needed to have a slow pivot and reveal. This is not a complaint, mind. it was a scene that was very evocative of any Bond villain reveal. The chair was quite distinctive, particularly with the wooden panel that ran from the front up around the edges and connected at the back. It was a learning curve for the team. When Deep Space Nine episode Melora was in production, the team opted for a much more straightforward chair, making it far easier to manage in each scene. Number 2. Starfleet Issue Lamp This lamp has made many appearances in Star Trek, beginning in Star Trek VI The Undiscovered Country. They were incredibly distinctive as they sat in front of all of the Starfleet's top brass along with the senior staff of the Enterprise A. They're all set at the same height, as it is shown in later episodes they can be retracted or extended as needed. They next appeared in Star Trek The Next Generation in the episode The First Duty, sitting in Wesley Crusher's quarters. They would later appear in several times in Enterprise. In the episode First Flight, there's one sitting in the locker room where Robinson is changing. Clearly, it's the easiest lamp to roll out when needed for the set, while also looking slightly futuristic. It's a simple and neat trick that works a treat. Number 1. Those tubes with the red lights. These are, to date, the most reused prop in all of Star Trek, crossing time boundaries and series themselves. They've appeared alongside Kirk, the Enterprise D, the NX-01 and even several appearances on Voyager. They were clearly chosen for their aesthetic as they had a wonderfully alien tech look to them. There's also a bit of a hindrance to them. They're so iconic now that they instantly stand out in any scene that they're in. For example, in the Enterprise episode Cold Station 12, they're easily recognisable even with the lights inside switched off. Their first appearance was in in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, merely sitting in the control room aboard Regular One, and from that day to this, there has never been much explanation as to what they do or why they're on board the ship. They've popped up in data lore, quality of life and inside man as well, with each time simply in place for the characters to have a look at, without truly interacting with. They're similar to that potted plant you buy for the table in the hall. You walk past it every day and never look at it, but the second it's gone, the entire room is thrown into disarray. Selling a little? or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.